Welcome to the Wow Factor Podcast, hosted by Samuel Kamugisha, featuring a diverse collection of talent with a keen focus on highlighting the different amazing things that we're doing to change the world. So, without any more hesitations, here is Samuel. Today on the Wow Factor podcast, we have a very special guest, and she she's a professional marketer, certified from the Chartered Institute of Marketing, a graduate in international business from Macquarie University Business School, and without further hesitation, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce you to Viola Amompire, the CEO of 100, the one-stop virtual hardware store for buying construction materials. I hope I got that right. Yes, you did. Thank you so much for having me today. I am very grateful and uh, happy new year. So, how has your week been? My week has been fine. All went well. Um, nothing really outstanding. That's all, that's all I can say. Oh, so nothing eventful at all? Um, uh, yeah, I think I only had a training, but the rest was work. Nothing eventful. So, who is Viola Mumpire? Viola Mumpire is a, a passionate and a professional marketer. I tend to to include my profession as one of the things that defines me because I'm really passionate about it. For me, it's beyond a profession. It's it's about passion. I I'm now a techpreneur. And uh, I am still passionate about business and technology in Africa. So basically, I think in one, if I'm to describe myself, I am a passionate individual. I do things with passion. Wow. So what made you transition from marketing to techpreneurship? Uh, I think it was the, the, the business idea that, that came up at that time which was uh, have a one-stop solution that would enable Ugandans in the diaspora buy uh, construction materials without involving third parties. Mm. And, and for me, that turned out to be a tech business. So that's how I ended up being a techpreneur. Oh, so you became one out of situation. Yes. Oh, that's great. So we'll go, before we go further into that, we'd like to understand your academic background and did have any form of impact on your current career? Oh, yes. Yes and no. Uh, so I went to, to, okay, people might not understand, but I started in the western part of Uganda in Mary Hill High School. And that's where I attained my O-level, my, I don't know what it's called, internationally but here i'll call it ordinary level and uh, then i joined university and started bachelor of international business so with that course i got exposed to different international opportunities one of them was emerging markets and trends and technology was one of the things and then i was very passionate about marketing so by luck, I ended up doing internship with Coca-Cola, which was which is like the biggest marketing. Okay, yeah, trends have sort of changed, but at the time it was one of the biggest marketing firms. And I really fell in love with my career and fell in love with something I was starting on. So then I got to know that with marketing, you can make money you you get opportunities you you know you look out for for solutions your main role as a marketer is to find a solution to people's problems but also making a profit so i fell in love with the profession and also got numerous jobs that exposed me to different sectors and different um opportunities so i have I can say, yes, education opened up opportunities 
for me, but it also taught me how to look for the opportunities. And uh, I got the basic skills with, with education. But then I can also say no because we, I, I, there are people who are make who have businesses and who haven't really uh, done so much schooling. So after my university, I joined Chadan Institute of Marketing and became a professional marketer. Wow, that's really an interesting journey. So what would you pick out as the most important thing that happened while working with uh, Coca-Cola? Uh, apart from drinking soda, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I I think I met amazing people. So in stature, I am such a small person. And at the time, I was really young. So I as both small, like small in size, and then a young person. So I met so many people who are working with Coca-Cola Uganda, which is called Century Bottling, that were willing to share with me just because they looked at me as this little girl. I li- almost looked little, as this little girl who was very inquisitive. They still tell me that, who was extremely inquisitive. I learned almost everything. So I remember this time we had um, a staff party at the time, it was for only staff, and I was not yet a staff, but somehow I was invited. So I was called to make a presentation about what my internship was about, or on what I had done during the week. And I, I wasn't really sure on how to pull it off, but when I left the podium, I, I felt like I had delivered, and then that's when my supervisor um you know gave me a public remark for me that was the first time that is something i remember that was like eventful and memorable about working with coke and i think everyone that was at the company then still remembers me up to now which has also been a source for me of opportunities because these are people who who have leads and who have opened models for me Wow. Are there any citable examples of those leads that you're talking about? So many, so many, especially the B2B business that I work with. Because this, since then, people have gone to different companies, have gone to different sectors. And somehow you find that there are the people giving me uh, business leads. But at the end of the day, it's up to me to execute them. But at least they create the leads. Should I go ahead to mention the companies? <laughs> uh, no, not really. That, that's okay. Um, for now, we're going to shift a little bit to Wena Hardware. So what is WenaHardware.com? WenaHardware.com is an end-to-end solution for housing and construction needs. Uh, so we started off with just a store where people would be able to buy construction materials leave their, their drop-off address and get the items delivered and also use cashless means to check out. So in Uganda, it's such a big deal to pay with a Visa card and a MasterCard. But because of who I was targeting at that time, Ugandans in the diaspora and setting up projects back home, I had to include this payment solution to cater for how they would then pay for their items. Then we moved from just a store to a wallet, which is Wena Wallet, which helps people save to build. So uh, we've since moved from just serving that diaspora market to, to any, any Ugandans of middle class in Uganda who have access to mobile phones and the internet. And uh, the biggest concern was how do I accumulate money to buy goods at at one go, which is almost difficult for most of my clients. So then they needed someone to help them, you know, uh, save money, and then they can be able to redeem products of the money they've deposited. So that's how we then grew to have a wallet. Yes. So you, it's not like a bank, a bank service. It's it's just to help people. 
I hate to use the, the reality, which is it's post saving. You're only saving to buy materials. You cannot withdraw this money to maybe go shopping elsewhere. It's, it's the money that you've put in this wallet that is going to enable you buy construction materials of that much that you have in the wallet. Not to sound like I'm, I'm pitching, but the difference between our wallet and other bank services, why someone should be encouraged to save with us is they have daily interest with the money they, they deposit with us. And that interest that they earn helps them buy other materials. What's the percentage of the interest? We give them 8.5% per annum, but it's it, it doesn't have any any timelines attached to it. When you need your products, you just buy them there and then. Even if you deposit the money today and you need the items tomorrow, you go right ahead and buy them. Unlike a bank where you you know you have to, to deposit money and withdraw it after a certain fixed amount of time. And our most recent product is the Wena Global, which helps people buy uh, materials from abroad and get them to Uganda. So this particular product grew out of uh, people's specific needs. Uh, just as I said, we started serving out a niche market. So these are exposed people who have seen certain products that are, that are used maybe in the countries where they live. But then locally, we do not have maybe that standard or that specific item. And ordinarily, a hardware store would not want to stock items just to serve a niche market or just a few individuals. So you find that they are not locally available. But with Wena Global, someone has that luxury of choosing what they want from whichever country they want. So examples of those items would be mainly like what? Uh, they range from tiles. For example, if someone wants tiles from Spain uh, because they are believed to be more, maybe more durable or more fancy, or they are, then we also have sockets and switches. Some some people want you know switches and sockets made from the UK, and most of, of items here are from different you know markets. So there there are various items. So you find that people want different items from different countries of different manufacturers it could be maybe tools uh, tools used on site the wow journal a catalog of different captivating content spanning from amazing talent to tones of creative work Founded by Samuel Kamaji Shah, a brand and growth strategist, his major focus is to ignite creativity through inspiration with an intention of being a catalyst for growth, whether it's for your brand or business. Log on to www.wowjournal.cc. That's W-O-W-J-O-U-R-N-A-L dot C-C. Some people want tools made from Italy, others want tools made from Japan, others want tools from the UK. So we give them, you know, that platform to order for items they want, as long as they're items used in the construction industry. Oh, that's great. That's superb. So for someone who's just getting acquainted to whenahardware.com, the main question that would come to their mind is, why did you set it up? And probably what would be your best answer for that? Uh, I set it up to pro- to bridge the gap between uh, Ugandans in the diaspora who are sending money back home to friends and family to help them buy building materials, but instead this money was being used by the recipients for their personal gains. So that's why I set it up to bridge that gap and enable people to buy directly without involving third parties. So that's like more like uh, giving the, con- the, the control back to the owners? Yes, yes. So that's great. So uh, what challenges did you face while setting up 
wanahardware.com and how did you help to mitigate those challenges? Uh, some challenges, shockingly, are still existing, but uh, the most outstanding were the cost of, of setting up. I mean, it's just, it looks like just a website and, you know, getting items. But we almost did not have products. Uh, that I mean, we didn't have pictures of the products. We didn't have product description. And nobody in the industry was willing to to disclose prices because they never used to before. You walk into a shop, they look at you and determine the rate of the item. That's how it was majorly done back then. So now they were not willing to say, we are selling our item at this much and make it public. That, that for me was the biggest problem because then we didn't have business if we did not get those, those things right. Image, the price. That's what I think e-commerce is about. Uh, you said some of the challenges are still existent at the moment. What are those specific challenges that are still happening now? Yes, some, some players in the industry and these are manufacturers still not... I don't know if they don't have a product description or if they don't think we should get it. And it's basic product description, really. What is this item? Why should somebody... What does it do? But you find that you're struggling to get an item uh, included on, on your product catalog and described for people who are willing to buy it. And then the other challenge is um, drop-off. Well, I can call it uh, mapping, I think. So in Uganda, we really don't have clear addresses. And then here we are dealing in construction where people are just setting up their construction sites. And you find that it's which which road you're supposed to, to take or street name and which specific site you're actually taking these items to. So you find that you have to make so many phone calls, you have to sometimes get lost and then get find your way back to where you're supposed to, which increases the cost of doing business, but also which is, you know, a problem beyond us. We really cannot do much about it, but generally it affects how effective we can work because there are not clear um, drop-off addresses. And I, I, I maybe just also mention, someone listening in might not understand what construction is like in Uganda. So here in Uganda, people, individuals build their own other places where construction firms build homes on behalf of, of the property owner. The, so you find that it's an individual buying materials from, from the store, from Mwena store, and it's that individual that is also going to give you the So you find that there are so specific area at a given time. And it's then difficult to tell whose site is, is, is the right site you're going to. Because there could be multiple sites in the same place. Uh, yeah, so there, it's in, if it's a new upcoming estate, for example, then you find so many sites that are almost at the same level of, of you know, development. Thanks for giving clarity on that. So what is the purchasing process like for getting materials on winnerhardware.com? We just give us a description of how it is. Yes, so you browse by category and, uh, and get the item you want according to the category. So for example, there are different categories. If you want roofing items, then you go to the category of roofing. So in that category, you find all the items that are used to roof a house. If you want uh, something to do to do with uh, painting, 
big brushes or paint itself so you go to that specific category and you you get those items you're looking for and then you leave a drop-off address where you want these items shipped to you make a payment and we get an order and process the order and deliver it to that specific address so that's easy oh that's really an easy to understand process so did you manage to win some accolades for whenahardware.com yes i have uh, both locally and internationally maybe i can talk about my my very first uh, uh, i think uh, my very first should i call it um, recognition was when I was nominated for top 40 under 40 Ugandans in wow. in 2018 and for me it was really humbling to be recognized as one of the most outstanding 40 Ugandans and then uh, most recently I I also got recognized in Berlin Germany for the same you know for 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 what we are doing as whenahardware.com and in between that there've been lots of of many other different sorts of recognitions and it, it's been an amazing journey as a person but also as an as a company wow so we can say that you're a multi award winner <laughs> oh interesting yes i i <laughs> yes it's it's true i am a multi award but well yeah it's true i i think i'm too humble to admit but yes it's true okay so what's your take on the current hardware market and as well the e-commerce market in uganda so generally there is a shift in how business is being done in uganda and uh, allow me say this for me the safe border story is 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 a is a story that is an inspiration that things can be done for those who don't know safe border it's it's a border riding um business in Uganda but this inspires me personally in a sense that very before the safe border story people were not believing that um an ordinary ugandan or a middle class ugandan can do business on a mobile phone and when the safe border story became a success then we believe that despite the challenges now we are going to get there so currently people in the construction industry do not conduct a lot of business using their mobile phone or should i call it tech related transactions and uh, So we are faced with a problem where people browse online but shop offline. Like they come to enahardware.com to see prices but do not actually buy from us, then they still drive or walk to a, a physical hardware store and buy. But for me that's that is not to to discourage us. Instead it shows that we are actually solving a certain problem that you know that is existing in the market maybe people do not get to get to to understand what the market rates are for the different items we do not directly benefit but at least we are making that contribution to start with and then when it comes to hardware owners who we are enabling to sell beyond their physical uh, locations they still do not think there is need for for tech in their business. They think it's their business, they've run it their way so nobody else should come on board and, and interfere with how business has been running. But uh, um, there are younger people now who have joined the industry and they they find tech related solutions as efficient and uh, actually more efficient and uh, more affordable. for them to be able to go through the whatever activities they want to go through in this industry. So the, currently it is not very good. 
but uh, we've seen trends change in other industries so personally i'm optimistic that things will change but then i've been able to survive for the past three years because i identified my niche market and that niche market has kept us going whereas yes we are open to serve ugandans here in uganda there's we we also admit that they are just transitioning from how they used to do business to what we intend to provide or what we we actually providing for them to consume so currently it's it, it's it's that mark it's the trends are are not that good in the construction industry well it's safe to say that it's more of a mind set issue and people are still stuck in the old mindset is that what you're trying to say yes and uh, it's because the bigger players are old people so there is like a generation gap uh the construction industry is a uh, heavily uh, a capital intensive you know industry so you find that the people who have that money to be players in the industry almost don't don't get their money when they are still young i i cannot defend that statement <laughs> or i don't know why it's like that but that's how it is here so you find that there is a, a, a generation gap between the people who can use technology and the people who can actually spend in the construction industry but with our niche market of Ugandans in the diaspora who are a little more exposed who have technology and who have who have access to technology but also who have a problem that we are solving appreciate our services and keep us going well the future is definitely very bright for this kind of service for Ugandans at large mainly living in the diaspora and probably within the country itself um you had previously talked about safe borders one of the applications you looked up to and probably some of our audience may not have an idea what safe border is well safe border is a motorcycle e-hailing service and uh, similar services around the world include gojek mainly famous in indonesia that is a motorcycle e-hailing service where you instead of renting off a, a car you rent off a motorcycle so i hope i've brought clarity on what exactly safe border is well we're now going to shift the direction more into the entrepreneurship side um as you're setting off your journey as an entrepreneur were there any specific people you looked up to and are there is there any specific reason why you looked up to those specific people um honestly no and this is uh, so i i did not start out as an entrepreneur per se and so i did have entrepreneurs to look up to but i had people that uh, i just looked up to generally and that was michelle obama who is not a business lady <laughs> but who is you know a phenomenal woman and then i also liked uh, richard branson and uh, you know the virgin the founder of virgin and then somehow so when i got into business i then you know started to to look up to other to, i i like got into the whole business you know sense of things and people who were making it big because i think at that time i appreciated the struggle of being of doing business and uh, appreciated people who had made it big then i started to look up to to people who in Uganda, i don't know okay so there is a ugandan called natalie dictatura who is uh, yes who is dictatura's daughter uh and so they are prominent business people but i looked up to her specifically because of her various innovations and various business lines uh and and she she was she made it to the Forbes uh, 30 under 30 in Africa in 2018 i mean so she was such an inspiration that even as a young person and as a young woman in in Uganda you can still make it 
and I think she was she was the first person that challenged me and made me to believe in what I was up to. And over time, I've had other people, you know, I look up to. Ricky being one of them, the founder of, of Safe Border, and and many other uh, techpreneurs on the in the country and on the continent. Wow, that's a great list and extremely diversely skilled. Mm, that's really really interesting. Yeah, sure. For me, I think it was because I appreciated the struggle of of running a business and uh, not not as a, set, a specific industry but just business i think business is business no matter which sector and what someone is dealing in well in in the conversation of business how easy is it to set up a business in uganda um i think it's very easy i've interacted with ethiopians and to be truthful i think we are away we, it's easier to, to to start and run a business in Uganda than Ethiopia. <laughs> so at least it's easy here. You can you know wake up, have your business idea, go do whatever you want to do without even formal registration. It's that easy. But you cannot go so far. You can only trade informally up to up to a certain you know business growth level then if you if you're lucky enough to be profitable then you can always uh, make some investment in getting the company formally registered and you can even trade without a physical presence for some time and and maybe you so you get some bit of money and then have a physical address i think it's easy to do business in uganda really I have interacted with other people from other countries and I feel we are at a, at a level where it is easier to do business. It is but it is also very challenging in some aspects especially the taxation aspects and I think that's why people choose to do business informally because that the tax bodies here do not understand that someone is a young business and should be given maybe tax holiday or have certain tax exemptions for them to grow but but also get formal and and they can always pay back when they've made a bit you know a bit of profit or just you know when they have a few a few paying clients and they are able to pay taxes. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, governments do have uh, an impact on the relative growth on all enterprises in the country and all businesses. So to you, why do you think businesses fail in Uganda? Uh, just like I said, it is very easy to start a business. It is also very easy to close one so so because you you don't think through maybe what you're going to start you just you know wake up start a business trade then you almost don't have so much maybe investment that you put into the business from the start then you also don't have much to lose so you you sort of don't concentrate on the business or do research find you know understand the market and also adjust to what the market actually needs so you find that some people when they start a business they, they are not listening to the market needs and somehow you find there is uh, either a shift in the market or people are no longer interested in their products so before even a year, they've already closed business. That's on their personal, you know, uh, personal uh, attributes of, of that they should maybe initiatives that they should have taken as business owners. But then also because of the laissez-faire in 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 doing business here, you find that it is easy for someone to start up the same business because there is almost no control on who starts what 
so if someone who has more more money or more resources starts a business then most probably they are going to beat you because you're competing for the same market and that means you you will not have a market to serve anymore so you'll close business but as i mentioned the taxes are a bit so high that when you go formal it's it's almost difficult to keep paying taxes of of a business that is not breaking even so then people so forced to close the banking sector i think which is a role of government again uh, you find that young businesses do not have access to credit so it's it's difficult for them also to to get certain you know maybe certain operational costs covered as they run their business so people are forced to close there are a number of, of you know of reasons why people close business why people close businesses when before even their second birth birthday business birthdays but I, I largely as i said i i think people are just not we as ugandans we are not uh, investing in enough time to invest, to to research about what we are starting as as a business idea and what the market is actually interested in well as you've clearly addressed the among the reasons to that of course business failure is the lack of research or the lack of the not enough access to financing so what do you think should be improved so that businesses can harness this amount of growth yes uh, so i think as i said people should just you know do a bit of research um maybe just to add so we've had a number of, of uh, people from the diaspora maybe they studied abroad have seen certain things abroad and then come and start them out here and without any you know maybe any research on if people are willing to do that or if people are willing to even pay for that specific product and it it sounds exciting it sounds nice but then you find that people here are not willing to pay for it so you've already invested a lot of money as a business owner but people here are not willing to pay for it so if people can do a bit of research and if the government can also do their role on enabling entrepreneurship in that area or in the country then i think we would be better entrepreneurs so enabling in what sense enabling in terms of access to credit in terms of cost of being business that's from um, internet well i have an internet powered business but even other people who have a brick and mortar business use internet in in their communication so the level the cost of communication is is quite high the cost of transport in uganda is way too high like really high so you find us who are who have to move bulky goods we don't have a train here we don't have uh we have highway roads but you find that the highway roads do not connect to main cities and towns so you find the cost of transporting goods from the main capital kampala to other outskirts is really very big all of government put up infrastructure set down all right that's well said so what would be your best steps to set up best tips to set up a business and ensure that it harnesses great amount of, of growth over the years that's in existence oh uh, wow so one uh doing research and uh, also doing uh, having a test phase so from my professional background i think which also gives me an edge over many other entrepreneurs i learned that you need to have different stages of product launch so if if you're to launch a site and not give a window for your intended users to give you feedback 
then you're just going to build something for yourself. And as when uh, I remember when we started out, we had three months without any order. And in those three months, we were just receiving feedback. Well, we went like a whole month without even any, any I think any person checking out our site. But when people started checking us out, then they started giving us feedback on what they thought the site was about and what they thought we were doing. So we had to meet their needs. We had to understand how how clients who come to our site or who we, are, we intend to serve would want certain things laid out, would want the whole checkout process. And we listened to them. So we started out with a solution, but then the, the rest was the client's input. So the second, besides the research on the solution and the idea, the second should be implementing feedback. And then the third should be keeping up to the market needs. So the, the two are closely related, but uh, for example, in tech, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you find that uh, you started out two years ago serving a certain niche who had certain needs. But with changes in technology, you find people can access what you intended to solve with something else. So if you don't keep up with the trends and market needs, then you will not even get to that growth stage or the scaling level. So you need to keep up with the trends. And then you also need to, to have key partnerships, really. I, I think for me, I've been able to get to where I am because of key partnerships. And one should specify within themselves what these partnerships or what these partners are bringing on board. And partners, I do not mean investors. I just mean different people that are going to provide different services, maybe at an exchange for other services. So, for example, us, we had to get uh, the big players in the industry, in the construction industry here in Uganda. We also had to get the most reliable bank, as I mentioned, people who are skeptical on, trade, on trading online, then they need reason to trade with you. Even when they, they, you need to give them reason to trust you. And for me, getting a bank that was, that is trusted is, is something that, that was very key for my business. But on the side of the bank, I'm also giving them business. So, a number of players and a number of partners for for anyone's specific business is very key. And I think something else is being compliant. If you're doing um, a business that is questioned or questionable, then you need to, to be very compliant. And that's what we've done. Uh, E-commerce in Uganda is... Uh, Okay, I don't know how best to put it, but people think being a, biz an, a business where they are not seeing an individual or a person who they are transacting with is, is like losing money to them. So you then need to have all your licenses ready and, and put out for, for the public to know that you know you're a, a legit business. Uh, yeah, so when all that is in place, then I, I believe you just have to trust the process <laughs> and, and you'll be able to grow and scale. Wow, that's very detailed. I really love the way you've articulated these issues. So as we look to the future, where do we see Wena Hardware in the next five years? In the next five years, Wena Hardware should be synonymous. Okay, should in a sense that we are working towards it should be synonymous with construction. When construction is mentioned in Uganda, we should be that that brand that comes on top of people's mind and the go-to brand for all construction needs. But we we also have um, plans of launching into other markets because I have 
been lucky enough to be to other African countries and also meet Africans in other continents. And we we have the same problems as Africa. The challenge of people in the diaspora sending money back home, you know, is still a very big challenge. But also the construction sector in different African countries still has the same problems that we are trying to solve here in Uganda. So that that's the motivation for us to to roll out to other African countries within the next five years. Wow, that's great. So we can look forward to hearing of Wanadwe in Botswana, Zimbabwe, Tanzania. Yes, in Sudan. We already have transactions we are making in southern Sudan. So we are testing the market. Well, I'm glad that you're you're seeing your vision expanding across all over Africa and rather than being only in Uganda. That's very great. So what would you define as a recipe for success? Wow. Uh, first, I, I thank you for asking me. That makes me feel successful. Uh, so recipe for success. Um, wow. So a discipline, consistency and determination. I, I think for me, I have, I almost don't have an option. <laughs> So I am this determined that I must listen to what people are looking for in my solution and make sure I am meeting their needs. And that determination is what has personally grown us as a brand and as a company, but also grown me as an individual. Um, and it's not like I cannot start another business. I can but then why did i start this in the first place so anybody should be determined to 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 get to to that final point of why they started in the first place discipline if if you've set yourself to something go ahead and and get it and then in business but if you want to be successful in business i think you need to look out for opportunities Yes, there are opportunities that will come to you, but you need to look out for opportunities, whatever it is. If it is sign, looking out for a partnership, if it is looking out for anything, you need to go out of your way and and be the first one to look for it before it actually comes to you. Great. So what are you most proud of? Most proud of? Um... One, the fact that I'm being hosted on, on Wow Factor. <laughs> Honestly, yes. I, I, trust me. I think, okay, it's that, that's interesting. I never have, I live in a moment and um, appreciate things as they come. But generally, I think I'm proud of who I have become. I am proud of the fact that I can stand so many things which I wasn't doing back then. If something didn't didn't work out in my favor, I just let it go. But now I, I have been more developed resilience and I'm proud of myself to be, sounds cliche, but to be a strong businesswoman. Yes, time, circumstances and... Uh, I am proud. I have appreciated the process. It's been worth it. And I'm proud of that. That's a big round of applause for you. So, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, uh, as the girl, okay, I would no longer be a girl, but I would like to be remembered now, like what I set out to do as a young girl who, against all odds, would not make it but at least we've made it this far so to the rest of, of the world or whoever cares to remember me should know that i mean if she set out to do what she did then anyone else can do it and uh, it's more like an inspirational way of being remembered but uh, i think that's how i would want to be remembered a resilient woman so as we wind this up, 
what would be your final remarks and how can people get in touch with you? Uh, so for the Ugandans in the diaspora who, who have been passionate about Uganda and who just didn't know how to build their country and get, get their personal projects back home, I am glad and happy to say winnahardware.com has become that solution. And uh, for people, so people who would want to get in touch with the business or with me, they can just get to the the, the website on winnahardware.com and leave a specific message. So then it will it will be passed on, but then like that's the easiest way to get in touch with me. But uh, I would then get back to them. And uh, generally, for especially young girls on the continent, I I love to talk to young girls because I have been, I am, and I have I am I have been one of the young girls here. And it's almost very difficult to do anything for yourself. But I want to assure you anyone listening in that it's possible as long as you set your thought to it you can do anything for yourself as long as you're determined and as long as you you get the right counsel or the right people that have done what you what you intend to do but also keeping yourself with people with positive energy is is very important as you set out you know, to do whatever you want to do. So all is possible to anyone living right now. The internet has made it very possible to make things and it's it's easier than it was before. So just look out for your your problem within your community. See how to merge it with a tech space and you will have an amazing product and an amazing solution for your community. So wow. many things, but wow. yeah, that's how I sign out. This has been a very memorable interview with you, Viola, and I'd like to thank you for being our esteemed guest on the Wow Factor podcast. Uh, have a great time ahead. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you for hosting me. And it's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening in. And I would encourage you to stay hooked to your preferred podcast distributors. Or you can alternatively go to uh, the Wow Journal website, which is www.wowjournal. That's W-O-W-J-O-U-R-N-A-L.cc. And you definitely get access to all the available podcasts. And as well, you have access to different adverts that I've featured that I found really interesting that you may find of good value to you. So Listen in next time on your favorite podcast. Bye-bye.